Today, we talk again about the corruption of our society and its institutions. So stay tuned for a lightning round of Keith Crosby Out of My Mind. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Keith Crosby Out of My Mind, where we have a biblical conversation about an issue facing our culture, the church, and you, as we use God's Word to make sense of it all. And at the end of the podcast, we'll provide you with additional resources just in case you want to dig a little bit deeper. So join us for podcast 65, podcast 065. Let's get started, Mark. So name a topic or an institution, and I'll talk about its corruption. All right. Yeah, it seems like this is something that uh, is uh, is pretty much rampant now, so I'm sure that you'll have uh, plenty of fodder here. And so uh, why don't we start with the news and the media, because I think that's pretty much the most uh kind of obvious corruption that's going on. Uh, we talked about some of this last week with uh, the Rittenhouse trial and kind of what's gone on there. Um, but uh, why don't we start with something that happened not too far from Kenosha in a town called uh, Waukesha in uh, Wisconsin. And just kind of the compare and contrast those two cases. You have the Rittenhouse case on one hand, and then you have um, the news coverage of this uh, tragedy that's happened in Waukesha. Well, this is a prime example of the media's corruption. Remember that journalists were supposed to report facts. They weren't supposed to comment on the facts. They were supposed to provide the facts in a balanced, equal way. Editorial pages and editorialists share opinion. But that's not the news media anymore. It has an agenda. It's got a narrative, and it will not deviate from it. And regrettably, uh, it's more of a secularist narrative. It's more of an anti-ethics narrative. They have their own uh, ethics, and they are relativists. And so let's go from Kenosha to Waukesha. You have the Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, he shoots three people in self-defense, killing two and wounding one. But all you heard about was the vigilante Kyle Rittenhouse, the white supremacist Kyle Rittenhouse. And as we know, he wasn't a vigilante. He shot Three people, all three had criminal records, all three were trying to do him bodily harm, and the run-up to the trial and the trial and now the, the not guilty verdict just stays in the media. You know, he was called a white racist with no evidence. They, he was, they said he went on a shooting spree. And, and, and it's not leaving the media anytime soon. This is going to be in the forefront of the media for weeks and weeks and weeks. Now compare and contrast that to Waukesha, which is near Milwaukee. What happened there? Well, we're told that an SUV went rogue and ran into a crowd of people at a parade, killing six and wounding 60. But there's more to the story, except that the story's already pretty much gone from the media. You're not seeing any coverage on it at all. Consider the length of the news cycle. But what you had here was a black racist who had made very a uh, number of racist rants in social media, and he went and got in his car... Uh, and he purposefully and intentionally ran into a parade, a Christmas holiday parade, and he killed these people. And because he doesn't fit the narrative, he's almost dropped out of sight. And, you know, this is also the tale of two corrupt district attorneys. In the Kyle Rittenhouse case, the district attorney charged him and within 48 hours without doing his homework, and he lost the case. He went down in flames because his own witnesses, witnesses for the prosecution, discredited the charges. In this other case, the district attorney in Waukesha, in the Milwaukee area, 
prided himself on letting people out with, you know, very low bails and things like this. And this man who ran over and killed all these people and wounded these others had a lengthy criminal record. He had just been released for running over his girlfriend, and he paid a a bail. He only had to post a $1,000 bail. Now, let's go back to Kenosha. When Jacob Blake was shot by the police for resisting arrest and for reaching for his weapon, President Biden and Vice President Harris uh, reached out to him and talked to him. But they haven't done so with the families that lost loved ones or had loved ones who were run over and severely injured. And what? And you know what? The media is not talking about this. You know, they talked all about George Bush once, about not going to this place or that place as quickly as he should in a national tragedy. Or they talked about Donald Trump doing the same thing, but not so with President Biden and Harris. And what we see here, Mark, unfortunately, is that there is a partnership between the left and there's nothing else to call it but the left and the media, uh, between that which is fundamentally anti-Christian, anti-people of faith, and secularists. And it's just, it's a level of corruption that just goes through and through. And occasionally you do get a balanced story, but it's the exception as opposed to the rule. Yeah. And I think what you're saying there is, is something that's, it's very evident, I think, in the national news media. We might not see it as much at, at the local level. I know that some of us um, living where we live in San Jose, um, where it's uh, much more liberal, we probably see that um, more and in, in our media probably mimics the national media a little bit more. Um, but as we continue down this path of talking about the media and just kind of looking at the bias that happens in the media, um, it kind of calls my attention to the difference that we've seen between uh, the way the media has handled Hunter Biden um, and Donald Trump Jr. So why don't you kind of talk about why do you think there's such a difference in, in the news coverage for those two uh, presidential sons that both seem to be um, not probably the best human beings in the world? Well, here's the deal. I want to also throw into the mix Jared Kushner, uh, Donald Trump's son-in-law. And Donald Jr. really hasn't been tied to any criminal wrongdoing. He obviously participated in uh, in his father's campaign. But I I just want you to look at this. You hear a lot of noise about Jared Kushner, and and you hear a lot of noise about Donald Trump Jr., but you don't ever really see anything of substance. In fact, Jared Kushner helped broker normalization of relations between Arab nations and Israel. And Don Jr., I mean, you know, he was involved in his father's campaign and his father's business. So what? They both uh, stand on their own two feet. Uh, They're both married, grown-ups conducting themselves, whether you like their politics or not, in a grown-up way. But then you have Hunter Biden and his laptop with documenting all of his sexual escapades, and you have Hunter Biden and his drug addiction, and you have all these deals he's made with Russian corporations, uh, Burisma, where he's paid 80000 a month for a board position that he doesn't have any expertise to hold except that he's the president's son and was then the vice president's son. You have all of these things, the, the laptop, and nobody covered it. And in the beginning, the media said, well, they had intelligence that indicated it was probably Russian disinformation. And now, of course, we know, that in fact, it was not. It never was. Then you have Hunter Biden's art shows. He's decided he's an artist now. His pictures are selling in these private art shows for 75000 to $100,000. Based on what? And this is where the media just turns a blind eye. I mean, compare Hunter Biden with his laptop and his art shows to Jared Kushner with peace between Israel and all these Arab countries. Uh, You know, you just see the corruption. It's just absolutely corrupt. 
And I, it's a tragedy because now no one knows who to trust. How and where do you get your information from? You got to go to, I'll tell you what I do. I go to a bunch of different sources, liberal and conservative. I, I see where they agree on the facts, and then I form my own opinions based on my distillation of the facts. But the reality is the New York Times is just as much a tabloid as people say the New York Post was. And the Washington Post, I mean, they're, they're miserable at what they do. Uh, it's, it, there's just nowhere to turn. CNN, CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox News, I mean, it's just they're all corrupt to one degree or another unreliable to one degree or another. Yeah, and I think you said something that that uh, really sticks out to me. It's that we we don't know who to trust. And I think that uh, in this past, you know, almost two years now that we've been in this uh, COVID pandemic, I think one of the things that we've seen is a serious uh, challenge to our trust for our public health institutions and our in the science um, I think Anthony Fauci came out uh, not too long ago just a couple of days ago and called himself the science which is just um, just so far out there and it just leads people I think down this path of not trusting these institutions especially these health institutions as we're trying to figure out how to navigate through this pandemic and so why don't you talk a little bit about where we see some of this corruption in those national health institutions well i mean let's talk about dr fauci i saw a meme online where it had a picture of dr fauci it had like 15 different pictures of him debating with themselves because he's changed his position so many times that you don't know who you don't know when to believe him and you're right this whole thing about to when Dr. Fauci said uh, on television uh, recently, to criticize me is to criticize science. I am science. I mean, my goodness, that, that, that's crazy. You know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Christian pastor. And if somebody, if I said to somebody, well, to criticize me is to criticize Christianity, I don't speak for all Christians. I don't speak for, for all of Christendom. And Dr. Fauci doesn't speak for science. In fact, he's more and more conflating his role with that of politics. You know, when he was being questioned about lying about the gain-of-function research, and he did lie, there's no question about that, um, he made some comment, well, what about January the 6th? Well, what about January the 6th? What's that got to do with, with this public health crisis that is the pandemic? And what he's doing is he's blending issues and agendas and, you know, you, you just can't trust him. You can't trust the CDC anymore. Everybody's making decisions not based on data, but based on ideology, because he has been instrumental in politicizing health care and endangering the nation by funding, in one form or another, gain-of-function research on this coronavirus in the Wuhan lab. This is rightly called by some the Wuhan virus, because it appears to be a weaponized uh, biological agent developed in China and funded in part by Dr. Fauci's organization. I, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things that is just um, as the pieces have all come together and, and you see even some of this turning in the media again um, from this whole idea of a few months ago, they were like, yeah, it looks pretty clear that it's come from this lab in Wuhan. And now there's um, supposedly new evidence that it probably didn't. And yeah. and yeah. You, you watch all of these things kind of play out. And it, and it does very much look like there's the politicization, which it, it, as far as a health institute is, is probably one of the worst areas to 
politicize things that are going on because we need to look at them not from our political standpoints, but look at them and say, okay, what do I need to do to get better? I mean, uh, you've probably been seeing a lot of doctors um, yeah. recently, sure, uh, and and you want to be able to trust them and know that they're not just telling you to do something because uh, their politics say that, but because it's going to be best for your body, right? Uh, which brings me to that next um, that next topic that we see being uh, being very much politicized is that whole idea of vaccine mandates. And I know we did a whole podcast on on these, um, but maybe talk about just how we've seen. Uh, this whole leveraging of the institutions in order to push these mandates um, through and kind of the corruption that goes on with those things. Sounds good. And I, won't, and I won't beat this dead horse too much, Mark. But let's just think about the vaccine mandates. You know, the president says corporations should, you know, make their employees get vaccines. And he would very much like to have mandatory vaccination. But here's the deal. In the middle of all that, while even federal employees, for the large part, and Contractors, you know, companies who do contract work for the federal government were attempted to be uh, placed under a vaccine mandate, which has now been ruled unconstitutional. Congress and, and the postal workers were exempted. Based on what? Based on what? Based on preferential treatment. Based on, for Congress, the laws don't apply to us, and based on the po- postal workers union, which didn't want the mandates. And yet, we're being told that police officers and first responders and, and nurses and doctors who don't get the mandates should be fired. It's, it's just ridiculous. There's no science involved. There's no objectivity involved. It is a corrupt and corrupted system. Yeah, and I think it would be easier for us to uh, listen to those, some of those, that encouragement to get vaccines and those things if, A, they weren't being pushed, and, B, it was an institution that we could trust um, it's an institution that's gained our trust, but but you see that with the 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 leveraging and, and really the politicizing and this corruption of the institutions, um, just this inherent distrust that's going to come, and it's going to be harder and harder for them to get things done the way that they want to get them done without um, these authoritarian overreaches of trying to uh, utilize all these small businesses and private companies to be the the vaccine police or um, or or all of those other things, and it, it does harken me back to um, the the podcast we did about being groomed as well as the one that we did um, with Rod Dreher, uh, just talking about what's coming in this um, in our culture, in our society, in this this coming of totalitarianism and authoritarianism. And you see some of these overreaches in there. And in one of the ways uh, that I think is is probably most unnerving to me is um, when we talk about those federal agencies. So we talk about the corruption in the federal institutions, so like the health institute and like all of those things. But now we see that in the these federal agencies, the FBI, the CIA. I mean, not too long ago, the attorney general the for the United States, he oh. came out and he basically instructed the FBI to be ready to open domestic terrorism cases into people who are going to school board meetings. Uh, well, I don't condone anybody getting violent or you know yelling, screaming, making a fool of themselves at a school board meeting. I also don't think that those parents are domestic terrorists. And you know when we talk about the Russia investigation and all of those things, and you start to see that even this corruption goes so deep, it's it's invaded our federal agencies. Yeah, well, you, you hit nail on the head. The Justice Department. I mean, imagine the Attorney General who was once nominated for a Supreme Court position. Be glad Merritt Garland didn't get that. 
But yeah, you know, so a special interest group writes him and tells him that they want him to try to apply the Patriot Act to parents at school board meetings. And the reality is, let's talk about the violence at school board meetings. There really hasn't been any. None were documented in their letter. You haven't seen any in the news other than that father whose daughter was sexually assaulted. And what did he do? He yelled. I don't know that yelling is against the law. Well, and I mean, he he also, I think he, what, what spurred it on was uh, one of the police officers or somebody like put his hand on him and he had like pushed it off. I mean, he's a father whose yeah. daughter was sexually assaulted and the school board is denying that any of these things had ever happened. I I don't know. For me as a father, man, I, I don't know how I would control myself in there. No, no. And the indications are, too, that while the school school board uh, chair denied knowledge of it, the fact is the emails were later released by a whistleblower that they knew well and good what he was talking about, and they were just lying. But you know what? Let's talk about federal agencies. Do you remember when the Internal Revenue Service targeted conservative not-for-profit groups and Christian not-for-profit groups under the guidance of Lois Lerner, who was the director of the, or of the IRS. I remember the president then, Obama, said, oh, it's just a few rogue IRS agents in Ohio. But then, of course, whistleblowers once again released documentation that, no, this was a agency-wide effort uh, trying to suppress people with views that the sitting uh, regime, the government in power, didn't like. And Lois Lerner got off scot-free. Or then think about the so-called Russian collusion scandal, which has now been widely discredited. You had the FBI, the NSA, the CIA sitting together, conspiring against a candidate and then a sitting president, working off of a dossier put together through a group hired by the Democratic National Committee in the Hillary Clinton campaign and peddled by Christopher Steele, a discredited intelligence officer from the British Secret Service, and the fact of the matter is they knew that, mo- that this, all of this was false. And then, the, you know, the, the whole thing with Robert Mueller cleared the, the president of this. But this narrative has gone on and on and on and on and on. And now they're starting to indict people in the Justice Department who facilitated this myth. And people in the FBI, you remember the Stroke, uh, Stroke and Andrew McCabe and all these people, I mean, these people were basically acting like partisan hacks, deciding who and who wasn't going to be president, regardless of how the vote turned out. And I think it just shows a corruption that is unprecedented. Uh, The the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff contacting the Chinese military, uh, promising them if, if the president ever pushed the button to attack them, that he would let them know. Or talking to the Speaker of the House about how crazy the president was, I mean, it's not his place. He, he serves under the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He is accountable to the President of the United States. And so it really, we, what we really see is a society, unfortunately, corrupted from head to toe. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, it, it all goes back to uh, the principles that we have in our society. And the, the, the things that, that ultimately bind us together are are under attack and it's it's been under attack from everything from the the nuclear family all the way through and it's now just pervaded all of our institutions and all of those things and uh, you actually touched on a verse um, last week from Leviticus that uh, I, I think really ties all of this um, together pretty well and it just talks about how um, we should be just and we should seek for 
uh, clear and uncorrupted information, and and we should put our time in. And so um, I don't forget where it was at in Leviticus. Maybe you can uh, remind me. Yeah, it was in Leviticus nineteen fifteen and sixteen. It says, "You shall do no injustice in court." You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. That speaks to impartiality. James talks about impartiality. But it says, but in righteousness, you shall judge your neighbor. Verse 16, you shall not go around as a slanderer. And in the the end of it, he says, I am the Lord. You know, here's the the principle in all this is we have people who are slandering. We have people who are corrupting justice. We have people who are not uh, dealing with facts. And, you know, in Proverbs 11.1, 1, it says a false balance is an abomination of the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. What we're seeing here are people tipping the scales in favor of their own agendas in violation of the law, in violation of the founding documents of the country, and in violation of criminal and other statutory law. And, it, there, you know what, I think we're a divided nation, and I don't think that things are going to change in my lifetime or yours. All right. Well, on that happy note, I think as we wrap up, why don't you leave us with some applications, some things that we can do so we don't just feel like, well, there's nothing that we can do to change this. Well, a couple of things. Number one, uh, the psalmist says, some people trust in horses and chariots, but I will trust in the Lord oh my God. Too many people have, have are, are too many Christian people act as if politics is all there is. We can see now it doesn't matter who's in power. There's going to be corruption. So place your faith, not in your congressman. You're not going to elect the Savior of the world. There's only one Savior, and that's Jesus Christ. So place your faith in God and doing his will. You know, that, and that's where we miss the point so many times. We need to prioritize our life here on earth. You know, only God can make the, the, the crooked straight and the straight crooked. Only God can fix the Democrats and Republicans, and that's at the second coming of Christ. And so place your faith in God. You know, we are raised up for such a time as this. Do not forget what your life purpose is. Live your purpose. The other thing is, if this doesn't point us toward anything else, we should need to be engaged in a season of prayer for this nation. We need to be actively praying for particular people, institutions, for particular causes and matters. You know, one of my daily prayers when my mind is tied up in knots is, O Lord, confound the plans of wicked men and women. Grant us another season of restraint, O Lord, that more may be saved. That's what is important, eternities. I would say the other thing is beware of factious people. You know, Titus talks about that. I think it's in Titus 3.10. Rebuke the factious man after one or two warnings. He's sinning and he knows it. You know, we don't need to be wasting our time and effort with factious people. We should run from them. And we should focus our minds on what God has called us to do. And in so doing, as Christian people, as people who were raised up for such a time as this, who need to live lives that stand out from the culture, that don't blend in with the culture— We need to let our yeas be yeas and our nays be nays. We don't need to get involved in double talk or in justifies the mean when we pursue our agendas. We need to to be truthful, honest, objective, and fair, and understand that both political parties are corrupt. Admittedly, one is worse than the other when it comes to abortion and gender bending and homosexuality and things like that. But the reality is they're both corrupt. And so we as Christians need to speak truthfully and clearly and objectively 
And we need to not let any corrupting word proceed from our mouth, but only such a word as gives grace to the hearers according to the need of the moment. And that's what we need to do. Well, I think that's about it. We're out of time. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like more information, be sure to go to our resource page at gracetoliveradio.org and click on the resource button. If you'd like to learn more about Hillside Church, visit us online at www.hillside.org. Worship with us on Sunday at 8, 9.30, and 11. And if you'd like to reach out to me, uh, you can email me at keith at hillside.org. Don't forget to join us for Christmas. We have our Christmas concert on December 10th at 7 p.m. We also have our Christmas Eve service on Christmas Eve, December 24th at 3 p.m. and 5 p.m. Join us, won't you? In the meantime, share us with your friends. Help this podcast to grow and to reach more and more people. This is Keith Crosby with Mark Stickler saying God bless you and God keep you.